Hey guys, and welcome back to the Skullcast for episode 94. The best, biggest, most consistent Berserk podcast, also the only one. Uh, I'm your host, Walter, and joining me today are Azeel. Hey guys. And Grail. Hello. Griffith. Yo. And Gabolatula. Hello. You're the one. Quack, quack. <laughs> That's me squeezing you and you're like a duck. <laughs> so what's actually, we have kind of a novel setup today because normally we're all cross coast and that leads to, you know, that, that real fun 0.25 second Skype audio delay between takes. But this time, Azeel, Gobbs, and Grail are all sitting in the same room across from one microphone. So... They're going to be on their shit today for conversational podcasting, I'm sure. That's for sure. And we had donuts, too. So yeah. We're jacked up on we're sugar. We're on <laughs> caffeine and sugar. <clears throat> Much better setup oh, than me. You got the Twin Peaks set up going. Yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the piles of donuts. Uh, Neatly stacked. Policeman's dream. Yeah. <laughs> so we, there's, there's no berserk news. And even if there was, it's not like it'd be important enough to trump the main event here and that is of course to discuss episode 355 which is one of the biggest no the biggest episode we've ever discussed on this podcast since we've started hosting it in 2012 like without a doubt this is the one for sure last episode was a doozy getting her eyes open but having casca back talking for the first time in more than 20 years is Huge and very surreal, honestly. The name of this episode is Casca's Back. I don't care what the actual title is. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah. I think I think you could argue this is like the biggest episode in the history of the series at this point, you know? I mean I don't know. I don't you know. You could you could argue. You could argue okay, sure. You know what? I think from an organic like fan standpoint, it absolutely is. Like, you know, because you could I know the counter arguments are probably like Fantasia Griffith's return, the eclipse, but you know those things are a little less emotional and sterile and less anticipated, I think, than this. It's also bait because uh, we've been waiting for so long for it. You know, it's something. Yeah. For for a very long time, we didn't know whether it was possible. Then at the beach, you know, Skull Knight basically said, "Oh yeah, by the way, the island you're going to, yeah, she can just get cured there." So, and ever since then, you know, I mean, that's what we've been waiting for, uh, I think. So, obviously, like, to, to get that reward uh, after so long, that's obviously a big deal. And uh, I think uh, the proof of that is all these fakers uh, saying on social media that they've been following the series for 20 years. Yeah, all these people, I don't know who they are. I, I don't think I've talked to them, but, like, where <laughs> have they been for the past 20 years? Have they, just, <clears throat> I guess, just ignoring the forum, I guess. Yeah, or they probably just discovered Berserk, like, last week. <laughs> it's, it's possible that there are this secret enclave of people that have been following it for more than 20 years that I just don't know about them. Yeah. Their identities have never surfaced. They were following Berserk before the first anime series went out and before it was published in English. And they were just reading it in Japanese. Yeah. Or, but yeah. they never, like, talked about it ever to anyone. And there's, like, a thousand of them. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Quite I, a, quite is, a is that a thing though? Is like, is are people jumping on the bandwagon? They're like hearing about, hey, there's something big happening in this anime series, Berserk, where the the heroine's coming back after 22 years. 
let's get on this and be excited. Is that a, is that a phenomenon? I think it's just a number of people exaggerating like how long they have personally been waiting for it. Right. Which, it's more right. like, hey, I saw the Dreamcast game on a yeah. shelf once. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've been waiting for this a hundred percent of my Berserk fandom time. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> yes, as well. Next year for me will be twenty years. And Damn. this is a big moment, but it's it's still it's I'm not like <laughs> beside myself with glee or anything. It's a very big moment, but I, I'm kind of keeping it together, I guess. Maybe that's just age talking. I don't know. Let's do the summary thing real quick and then we'll get into the episode, which is going to occupy the rest of the time here. Episode 355 opens with Casca finally truly awake, not just from the corridor of dreams, but also from what she describes what felt like a dream over the past several years as she was watching events happen to her through the eyes of Elaine, the name that Luca gave her. She greets her companions, saying she knows them as if they were characters from a dream. She seems to have recalled pretty much everything, although we quickly learn there's a large gap in her memories, those tied to the most troubled part of her past. The last thing she seems to remember as Casca is heading to the Tower of Rebirth to rescue Griffith. Uh, she fondly remembers Guts, and Danon gives her a final gift, a new outfit, fit for an elven princess, and she summons Guts to meet her by the tree, or Danon summons Guts. Uh, but while taking steps, she taps more memories with each one, and until she sees Guts, who seems to bring with him the dark memories that she buried, and she screams, and that's the end of the episode. As I was reading this, I certainly expected to see... Casca say, you know, her first words of coming back. What I didn't honestly expect was to get this really like, you're gonna go meet him, go out there. He gets basically, she gets like, kind of gets pushed on stage with this new outfit, and like I've already called him, he's coming, you're going. I remember that being like a really big like, oh holy shit, this is happening like right now. I kind of expected for that to be prolonged, uh, even though it does still get prolonged. They're true face to face kind of greeting is still going to be next episode after they whatever that happens in the resolution of this issue but still that was a big moment for me seeing those two on the same page this whole episode could have just been them talking about like her state of mind or you know mm-hmm. talking about like her memories or there there could have been an episode of basically you could stretch any of these segments that she goes through during the episode into entire episodes and he manages to really budget uh the time out very well here. I mean, it accomplishes yeah. a lot. <clears throat> I think, you know, uh, it's a testament, you know, Mira is, is just like us. I think, you know, Casca and Guts meeting again, that, that's a big event. And, uh, he didn't like prolong things any longer than necessary. And, you know, because, because that's what we want, you know, so it's just, like, Dadan, in, in this case, is kind of the voice of the reader. She, she's like, okay, come on, get on your <laughs> sexy dress and just rush to him. <laughs> And, uh, and what's funny is that, uh, yeah, you know, eventually her reaction, uh, kind of subverts, uh, that whole setting. But, yeah, I was going to uh, say, why yeah. do you, why do you have to hurt my feelings at the end then, huh? Oh, <laughs> well, like- because, you know, <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't be fun otherwise. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I kind of liked the, the whole setup thing where that is even, uh, at some point she's like, oh, so are you done getting acquainted? Like you finished shaking hands so we can get on with it. <laughs> get on with you running to guts. Which is kind of like, yeah, I agree. In addition to that, I mean, I saw a lot of the conversation about like, you know, why is she rushing to this so much? Like, I think there's a couple things. Like, first, she's still an elf. Like, you know, we've seen her be super powerful and all, but 
she's still obviously very whimsical and she's kind of approaching this big dramatic return in a very whimsical way, not like a human would, but just kind of just making the most exaggerated possible response by giving her this super floofy dress. Yeah, she's trying to like make it like the moment it deserves to be (laughs) like sort of ideally. And perhaps it's a bit insensitive actually. It it probably is, and I, I think that's kind of what I ex- kind of would expect of yeah. an elf is to not truly understand the subtlety of human interactions and just kind of just to go with the exaggerated thing. And that's kind of what also why the dress is is the way it is. I saw a lot of people are like, "Hmm, that dress doesn't really suit Casca's style." I'm like, "That's the gag. Yeah, that's the whole gag. People it suits Danon's style. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, in a, in a way, Danon kind of reminds me of Ivarla here, where she's just you know like she's very <laughs> focused on. You gotta go get him. You're gonna get the stuff. Uh, you know, get your man. And, <laughs> yeah. and it, it kind of ties, you know, uh, I don't know if you guys remember what I said on last podcast. I was saying that if Casca uh, were to wake up during the party, the whole like crazy party going on where even if you don't want to dance, they're gonna make you dance anyway. That could be kind of, uh, you know, not cool for somebody who's just waking up and uh, has a lot of baggage <laughs> to deal with. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think this is kind of, like a, a toned-down version of that, where which is, you know, uh, oh, you don't like the dress? Well, I don't care. You know, it's a dress fits the occasion. No, get out <laughs> well, and, you know, rest your guy. It's sort of a naive but true point that, uh, you know, they're very straightforward. Well, no, the dress is good. Why would you not like the dress? <laughs> it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, go meet him. It's a good thing. You know, this is all good. There's no reason for you to be unhappy. <laughs> like, yeah. And, I, and I, li- I like that, you know, despite her protest, Casca is like, eh, yeah. Yeah. I like the dress. So do I. I think the design of it is honestly really cool. The dress is yeah, fucking ob- awesome. Yeah, objectively, like, looking outside of the scene, the dress is really, really cool. Yeah. It's weird to me just because it reminds me of uh, of Griffith's uh, feathery designs, even though they're petals. <laughs> but particularly yeah. around yeah. the dress and on her uh, head by her ears, it looks very feathered. Yeah, they're yeah, wings, she- for sure, because she, yeah. she has wings. Um, Denon does. The idea, though, I think it also serves a narrative purpose as well. The sudden, you know, dismissal of the old garb because that look is so associated with the old, you know, what yeah. we've come to call Elaine. So this is yeah. Mira's way of just kind of cutting that off and saying, this is Casca now, not that person. Well, so. it immediately differentiated her and gave her a visual, mm-hmm. you know, a new look, you know, kind of what we were for, you know, you know, oh, her eyes, you know, they're so different. And now her face is drawn differently, you know. Mayura's style has evolved in one panel. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> it was like maybe not, maybe it's not that dramatic. But this, this was that uh, dramatic change for I think to help the audience too. Just, yeah. uh, I like the breads too. The breasts. The breasts were pretty cool. No, I mean, so it was the breads, you know, hair. Oh, braids! I thought you said breasts. Yeah, sorry, braids. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I like her breasts as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. If we're going there, I, I do like the breasts. So, uh, uh, commenting on body parts, actually, I was talking to Az about the dress yesterday, and I just thought it was so funny that it's basically a, a mini skirt up front, and I feel like Danon was really like pushing the agenda on that one. Yeah. She's like, "Go reach oh, your man. man. I don't know what you guys are going to do, but I'm just planning for any yeah, occasion here. It's just a mini skirt, but it's one that splits and goes up. You know, <laughs> like." It actually re- reminds me of a sexy nightgown. It and is. I was like, oh. is she wearing any yeah. underwear? Or nope. is she is she just, you know, airing it out? Yeah, she's airing out the area. <laughs> I don't think she had underwear previously either. So that would be, anyway, pretty simple switch. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. I like where this is going. 
Well, my my actually favorite panel of her may be in that dress. I mean, the first one's very striking, but she obviously looks, you know, taken aback, understandably. I, I really like the next yeah. little shot of her just with her hand over her heart, you know, and it just that that looks to me like old Casca, you know, when she's yeah. in a, yeah. when she's in a situation she's not comfortable with. So that was, yeah, she's that like, was nice. uh, what's going what's going on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's like, huh. Yeah, she does that same kind of, you know, gesture a couple pages later when she's having the memories, too. Yeah. In her heart, thinking about things. Yeah, it's uh, something she used to do a lot in the Golden Age uh, arc, which mm. is, uh, I think it's kind of cool that Mira uh, went with that again. Even, like, her end positions, you know, if you look at the fingers, I don't know, that's something, like, that's artistic level uh, details. Mm. But, uh, you know, she, she has these, like, two... Um, you know, middle fingers, you know, attached and the other one spread a bit. And that's something we used to see, uh, during the Golden Age arc. So I thought that was interesting. It's nice to see him bring that visual language back a little bit. Yeah, it's, it goes with the, the rest. <clears throat> uh, one thing we jumped, not jumped past, we're just kind of a free for all. That's fine. But the, the bigger thing, kind of in sequence of how most readers experience this episode was, from the tease we got of this episode, we knew a lot of the basics for how her memory would function up front, although there was still kind of a mystery around it. And that was seeing her greet her companions, Shirke, Farnese, and Ivalira, so quickly without any, you know, who are you moment. So Miura has kind of clipped that away and just said, basically, she experienced these things, you know, kind of like as if she was watching a, a play happen through like a narrow tube. She wasn't yeah. able to feel or think during that, but she could see what was happening. Of course, as we later learn, you know, there's kind of edited what, what had happened. You know, her experience is somewhat or somewhat buried. So there's parts that are missing, but I feel like she's beginning to process what's happening now, as you said, with each step as it comes back to her. So what we see when she comes back is not truly a fully reassembled casca, not quite yet anyway. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's very uh, partial and, um, you know, I, I kind of like when you, like, we, <clears throat> we glossed over kind of the, the beginning, but I like, uh, how to say, you know, how Casca greeted them, like, the fact that and we actually get a lot of information in this episode is what I mean uh, with Danan uh, telling them that uh, they spent a day you know like in the, in the dream world but that it must have felt like many days you know even weeks to them and then um, you know we get like you said that shot of Casca speaking and the girls taken aback and she's thanking them and then we get the girl's own reaction where you know like the Shiruke saying uh, uh, it feels like a different person you know mm-hmm. and so I think that kind of um, it's, it's a foreshadow uh, of uh, what the new group relationships will be, where they'll have, you know, once we're past the whole Gus and Casca meet again and the trauma and stuff, they're going to have to learn to kind of uh, know each other again. So so that's interesting. I mean, I mean we, we got a lot of information. On that note, just because you brought it up, yeah. it's going to be weird just when she tells them what to do or, you know, disagrees with something. Yeah. They're going to make a decision <laughs> and she's going to be like, no, that's just, she's used to basically being in charge. <laughs> So it's going to yeah. be, and they're used to her being a non-participant. So that just that alone is going to be, you know, weird. Yeah, you know, there's a thing where, um, you know, when she talks to them, uh, something which I, I talked with Paula and, and we thought that was neat is uh, she, she talks very directly, you know, uh, kind of like Guts, you know, she, you know, they're like, oh, Casca Sans, that kind of stuff. And they're like, oh, just call me Casca. And I also want to just call you Shuriken Farnese, you know, no honorifics. Which is, you know, like in Japan, in Japanese, it's not really something you do. And Gus, you know, he's like that. He's kind of rude and very straightforward. And 
Casca is the same. And I think, you know, I mean, that's just small stuff, but it's so cool to see her like that. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, that's who we're getting back. It's someone. And I think for Gus, it will also make a big difference because it's really someone he can, um, uh, you know, relate to and who has the same experiences, the same, you know, like he, I think it shows how different uh, Farnese, for example, is to Gus and how uh, similar Casca is to him. You know, that, that kind of stuff is pretty cool. I think the the shortening of the names to just, you know, Farnese and just Shirke, I think, isn't that also just something people do in Japan with their friends? Like if you know someone really well. Yeah, can... it's also a, a mark of familiarity. Exactly. Um, which is also, so yeah, I didn't want to like speak too long, but, but it's true. It's also a mark of being very familiar with each other. But And it's interesting because Gus will call Farnese just Farnese, but she, she always calls him Gutsan, you know, yeah. and, and same for Shiruke. So, you know... You can also say that not only does Casca uh, just speak to them uh, very, you know, familiarly and directly, but she also wants them to talk to her like she's a friend, you know. So, yeah, there's also that aspect to it. Really love the, of course, they ask her, what do you remember? And she remembers, we see the image of the Tower of Rebirth, and she so notices something's missing. And then Farnese asks her, what about Guts? Do you remember him? And we give this full page tears come to her eyes and a little shy smile across her face as she's thinking about him. And then, you know, what she, how she reacts kind of blows the girls away. And I love their reaction yeah. shot. They're like, oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, you know, Alex is also blushing, you know, it's yeah. like, it's it says it all. The genuineness and, of her reaction, like the, the earnestness of it, just like fucking floored them, basically. You know, to me, this has got to be like, to me, that's, that's a, the panel of the episode. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, yeah. and it's it almost, is. yeah, it's, it's almost, you know, like, I feel like this could have been, you could have just ended this episode on that note, and yeah. that would have been enough, and their reactions. And to also see her mid-gut, it's like, it's almost, you know, too much. We, we get too much in one app. One of the things I, I enjoyed is also a detail, but, uh, sorry, when Casca says to see Shiro can find in front of her, it's like seeing people from her dream uh, mm-hmm. manifest, you know, in front of her eyes. And she specifically mentions uh, a witch and an elf. And I think it's also cool how Mira took the time to just put in this little sentence because, uh, from, you know, far, uh, from Casca's time, you know, like she, like she didn't know any witches and stuff like that. So it's, uh, it also just says, you know, the world has changed and, uh, while Casca is aware of a little of it, she's probably going to have to like, uh, get caught up that a lot of things are different now. Like there's monsters roaming around and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was expecting, uh, if, if Casca had not, remember Farnese and Shirke that she would have woken up and been like what the hell are you what the hell are these little floating things you know just there would be a lot of that but I'm kind of happy that we don't we can skip it exactly yeah yeah Yeah. right to the good stuff yeah it's it's very much in Miura's style to just bring everyone right up to speed and just to make progress right and I was actually gonna comment that uh like I was saying in the thread I feel like Miura kind of set it up so that he has the best of both worlds in terms of Casca knowing and remembering things and Casca not having all the information mm-hmm. because yeah. now he has a lot of freedom to pretty much do whatever works best for the story. Yeah, I agree with that. It's a, uh, you know, I mean, I wasn't sure how he was going to do it, but I always pictured that she could have these sometimes uh, little flashbacks, you know, of scenes that pop in her mind. Yeah. And I think the way he sets things up, uh, he might be able to take advantage of that. So, I mean, I, you could uh, argue that it's already what happened in this episode where she's got, you know, as she sees guts, it just pops in her mind. It's a traumatic memories. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think that makes narratively for uh, pretty cool stuff. 
Yeah, it's also really interesting. I said it before, but you know that her memory seemed to stop at the Tower of Rebirth, which, in sequence of reading the episode, I thought was a strange place to pause. But as we end the episode and we see that two-page shot of Griffith, you know, cell still the lock still on his helmet, then it becomes clear that part of that was the part of the trauma that was locked away, and kind of the, the locking away of the memories began there. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, it's a really interesting choice. It's, it's one of the biggest questions of the episode to me. I mean, it's like definitely the biggest question is why he chose to <clears throat> to start at this point and with Griffith's uh, uh, ragged body. And I mean, it makes sense. You know, you don't, it doesn't need an explanation, but I'm just curious where it's going to go from there. Because uh, then, you know, you, you, then you've got the rape, you know, you've got the, like the pursuit, uh, wild stuff, you know, uh, Griffiths, you know, trying to getting on top of her, you know, being torn about what to do is to stay with him or to go with guts. Uh, and then the eclipse and the rape and then the birth of a baby and then all the other shit afterwards. So, it's you know, a lot of I, bad I, stuff. <laughs> that's, I think, I, I think that's actually, it's already serving a great purpose to remind us it's, it's not all about, you know, the eclipse and the rape. Like, that's obviously the big major thing, and that's already been emphasized in the Corridor of Dreams. But that there's, you know, she had a lot of other bad things happen to her around that time. And that's yeah. also, you know, and, and it's all it's all related, too. That Tower of Rebirth and what happened to Griffith there is sort of like the little thread on the sweater that when you start to tug on it, I think that's where why it's all unraveling in the at the end of this episode when she screams because that would be like the beginning of her remembering you know everything. It's true that it is re- all related. Yeah, like that, there's a through that line stage there. of Griffith's kind of like being broken down as a person is what directly led to the eclipse. <laughs> and so it's I'm, I'm, also interesting that this Casca at the beginning is sort of like like we said she's not a complete version but she's almost better than complete because she's actually like yeah. restored to the place before the eclipse where it's like she would still be relatively relatively in a good place and you know like she's she's happy and in love with guts and they're going to rescue her friend and so yeah it's a even more stark you know contrast when she remembers the the rest of what's happened yeah you, you know uh one of the things is that a lot of you know people were uh discussing like maybe you know guts from volume 23 the assault and stuff and <clears throat> I think this also serves as a reminder that, uh, like I've been saying, I mean, we've all been saying that she's she's got bigger things to worry about, you know. And uh, like you said, I think seeing Griffiths like that is a reminder that even if you remove the eclipse, you know, there's still a lot bigger trauma to her that the fact, you know, uh, gets bit of breast at some point or stuff like that. And, you know, obviously it's probably going to play a part uh, in the whole thing later on. But, uh, yeah, It'll, she's got to I, deal with these big things first. Yeah. Well, I think it depends how it flows together like is that going to be a whole through line of you know he's broken we see as he's broken down in the cell she remembers the eclipse she remembers the birth she remembers being <laughs> abandoned she remembers being attacked by you know creepy zealots and apostles and and then you know culminating with like you know guts and you know also monsters after that too where is it all going to be this one traumatic continuum that she remembers all at once and so you yeah. know unfortunately he'll just <clears throat> be caught up in that and I always try to think of it, what's the most dramatic way to do that? And I think the most dramatic way is to have all those other in- memories happen in sequence in the in, in the next episode. But if he ever goes to kiss her and they actually lock lips, that's what would trigger Oh, yeah. That. It could be completely that scene. And he's that's something he's done before. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which I don't want to happen, but <laughs> uh, it makes sense. I mean, ideally, yeah. makes you know, sense. They, like like we said, they could also just you know they they need each other. If they give each other a hug, it'll be better. That's wishful thinking, though. <laughs> Yeah, Again, though, like big uh, picture, like I, I, it's hard to just you know look at that picture, that one page of Casca smiling, and think that that's going to go away. Given all the dark things that she's about to face, like I'm still yeah. opt- I'm still optimistic about where we get up, get out at the end of this tunnel. You know, yeah. I like I've I mean I've always said so, but you know, Casca and Guts they've got a, a complicated history together, and like when when you take into account what they've been through, I mean. Cascas, she's punched guts. She's thrown daggers at him. She stabbed him. She stabbed him in he's the done arm. A bunch of, yeah, and she and he like the first time they made love, he actually strangled her, you know, and then cried. So and, <laughs> and that told was her after that he was she raped stabbed him in as, the as arm little, and was going to commit suicide yeah. too. Yeah, in front of him because she was, uh, you know, tired. So, so you know, when you take all that into account, the fun she's like, and she remembers everything he did for her while she was, uh, you know, uh, asleep, you know, with air quotes. So I'm, I'm gonna be go ahead and say, the fact he beat her breast, she'll won't be a deal breaker. You won't be like, oh come on, oh no, that's just, you know, I, I quit. I'm, I'm just going back to Griffiths, you know. I'm, I'm getting off this island. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, she's, yeah gonna, I, I, she's gonna leave. Yeah, I mean, I think she's still she. She, it's warrior Casca. We're getting back, and she's rational, and she's, you know, she's seen some some shit. So I don't think, like, if you juxtapose, uh, you know, Griffith's uh, state, then him becoming femtor raping her in front I, of guys. I don't know. I think you, you're. You, I think you're a little nervous about it. As you keep bringing it up, <laughs> you keep saying it's not going to be a factor, but. <laughs> No, no, no. I mean, I'm just, well, it's because uh, everybody's talking about it, so I'm addressing it. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think, I'm not particularly nervous about it. I talk it. about it kind of cautiously. I think it's a factor, but yeah, I don't want to overstate it like, oh, this is going to break their relationship. They won't, she won't be able to look at him, you know, or anything. It's like, yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be, you know. That's the trouble with this, with bringing it up, is it often is, you know, posed as a like backbreaking thing, which. I don't think the story is going to hold bear that out, but I do yeah, think it, 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 it could be. It already was a backbreaking thing, and that served its yeah, purpose, yeah. like at the time. Ex- yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think that's my point. <laughs> like, I, I, I speak maybe uh, too much about it, but uh, my point is just, yeah, it's going to be a factor, but yeah, it's going to be a deal breaker. That's that's really just uh, all I all I mean by that. Sure. I think they're going to break up forever. That's uh, a <laughs> <laughs> how do you like that? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean, the, the dress uh, would indeed make a perfect uh, wedding gown for uh, Griffith's wedding. So who knows? I mean, oh my God, God. that's that's why they were holding off the coronation. <laughs> Mira, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Yeah. Next episode opens up. Zod drops from the sky, just you know, like a tail slaps guts into a tree, and you know, Griffith comes down, take Casca's hand, and they fly off. And you know, it's like. The end. Says, Let's do it. Uh, yeah. Um, that was I had a, you know I had a perfect transition into Casca's memories, and that was like five minutes ago. So <laughs> seamless transition here. Uh, there are a few little special things in the little bubble memories we get as Casca's taking her steps towards the tree. Uh, one of the things is, of course, we get a look at the former Falcons and what looks like one of their earliest days. Was so we have Griffith wearing his old armor, a little kind of like. Accentuating his bicep, basically. <laughs> you know, well, many of them look like the ones that we saw in the corridor of dreams. The the pieces. Yes, absolutely. Like, yeah, I, I think, think. Yeah, I don't know that every single one is, but the many of them. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, a bunch of them are yeah. reused uh, artwork. Yeah, I but thanks, thanks digital stuff. Yep, I agree. It is a couple of them that for sure are the same. Even the one on the uh, Bonfire Dreams looks like it's the same. But there's also some other cool stuff happening here. Like there's this recurring thing where if Guts is shown in a lot of the shots, you know, his back is to her. We see that in three or four different times. Is walking away from her or protecting her or in some way, but you know, what? he's obscured from the rest of them. He does face her when mm-hmm. they're uh, making love, which, you know. Oh, yeah, and, and on the Bonfire of Dreams. So I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's exclusively that, but it's this recurring thing. The Elaine thing. time is, uh, he's, t- it's yeah. always his yeah. back protecting her, you know, but it's like. And it's, go ahead, Griff, sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, it's sort of to me that's, you know, it's too, it symbolizes a good and a bad, both that he's a protector, but, you know, also their isolation from each other. Yeah, so that is strange. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I agree. I think it, uh, it reflects that from that time. And the fact yeah, like you said, Guts was always, you know, like facing forward to protect while she was, uh, you know, at his back. It also, I mean, narratively, it carries because there's a distance between them, you know. They, right. But I also think at the, at the same time, that's her perception of it. But I also, also think it's a little unfair because they did have moments, you know, even though it was a one-sided part of it. Like when Guts embraces her in Albion after finally getting her back again. That's not here, of course. That was a big emotional moment for Guts, but it wasn't for Elaine, obviously. <laughs> Well, very, very briefly, I mean, it was always a struggle. You know, first he abandons her. He finally gets her back. You know, she, well, first she rejects him along with all other, you know, men and male touch for understandable reasons. He abandons her. They reunite, and it's obviously that iconic scene uh, where he saves her in the cave. And after they get away from there, after the rebirth, it's sort of like the highlight of their time together when she's Elaine because he's like taking care of her. You know, they they actually hold each other in the cold. You know, they're both sort of on the same page. And then uh, it all goes wrong. But, yeah, that was sort of the highlight. And we don't get any of that in here, interestingly enough. I think there just wasn't enough space. So right. we, we might mean, get more of it in the I think the, this is more of an overview episodes. of their time together, you know. Yeah. The best of. She does remember uh, the demon child in one of the little bubbles. It's It's hard to say exactly which scene it is. It's very abstracted. Yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah, I think it's meant to be kind of a general thing because we don't see any background or anything. Yeah, and of course we also see the the boy. And she remembers the trolls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the like, trolls too. Kind of make a cute little appearance there. It's pretty funny. Yeah, and uh, the armor <laughs> is activated with. And Isma, more importantly. Ah, uh, yeah. She gets, yeah, a she big gets there. Yeah, <laughs> and Magnifico. Come on, everybody makes a play, even Flora. Yeah. Even yeah, Zan every- is sort of like down in the corner there, barely. Oh yeah, he's in the shot. <laughs> I, I I like the shot of uh, Isidro and Puck. I think it's a it's a really nice one. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah, he lo- you know yeah. looking mischievous. I mean, same thing with Puck. <laughs> he looks so funny on his head. Yeah. And I mean, like why she thanked uh, Farnese and Shiruke. I mean, Isidro did actually save her life. Mm-hmm. Like at a big moment, you know, when you know everything was happening. It was uh, like the nexus. And, uh, you know, she wasn't the, uh, the pyre, and she's the one who actually dived and saved her, so she owes him big time. Well, you know, but she remembers him as the cook, so... <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, the reunion we have here, still at a great distance um, between these two. Oh, man. It's uh, one of the, probably the bigger moments uh, of the episode, hard to say exactly. The, the two-page spread of them at, at opposite ends. Yeah, it's yeah, really awesome. Mm, yeah, it's sure. really nice. 
And I mean, so there's this, uh, this big thing of guts being very statuesque here, you know, very dark. It's mm. like his features are not shown. It's very dramatic. And of course, he acts as a trigger, uh, to her trauma. Um, and I really liked how Mira did it. You know, I mean, I think the, the idyllic dress and the setting with the blossoming cherry tree. I mean, it's a really the perfect thing. And you see Guts, you know, approaching like some kind. I mean, I, I like that his Black Swordsman persona here uh, kind of works against him because he he almost looks like a villain. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, I, I, I like how this was uh, handled, you know, the whole dark, obscured. He looks uh, very somber, no expression. It's very, you know, and, and of course you, you see her, she starts to, to call him, to call his name. And then you see that uh, shot of her eye and uh, he's in the purple. And then he's, uh, he has this huge, very beautiful double page of uh, his uh, silhouette uh, with the eclipse at his back. And yeah, I think it's very, very well done. It's actually a very classic, uh, like, I like the thick lines. It reminds me of kind of like uh, the conviction the conviction arc uh, art style, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like a lot of his features are obscured. It's, you know, and also why he's the trigger. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. In everyone she's been reintroduced here to so, so far since she awoke was people and things that she'd experienced through the eyes of Elaine. This is someone who literally connects her past to her present. Yeah. So of of course it's going to be guts that triggers those those memories. Yeah. And also guts and his face and his reaction to Casca. That's not the focus of this episode. That's still to come. And I don't particularly see anything suspicious going on with guts' face. I think it's simply a way for Miura to shape the atmosphere of the scene and not make it like juxtaposed with the eclipse in the background and a big goofy grin on his face on the two-page spread. It just <laughs> yeah. wouldn't make a lot of sense. I actually really, really love the the sort of single page of him that's like a wide shot, you know, where you just see him approaching, you know. Yeah, it's uh, And it's him alone by himself. And it's, it's you know, I feel like that's more, even though you can see it as Casca seeing him and, you know, again, it's that whole... Uh, sort of this dark, vague presence, you know, it's not really betraying anything, very poker-faced. But I saw it when I was first reading it, and it stuck with me, just sort of like, how alone and nervous, you know, he must be, you know, just approaching this moment, you know? Yeah. I remember him just a couple episodes ago, I guess it was 347, 348, right when they started the dream sequence, and Guts is by himself, clearly just kind of beside himself, thinking about what's happening. It's He looks as vulnerable as I think uh, you could ever yeah. see him looking that, in that shot. And so you know, it I, made it even sadder for me what happened. Yeah. I, I I think uh, <clears throat> um, you know it makes to me it makes perfect sense that this episode is focused on Casca's um, yeah. uh, reaction and her feelings and stuff. And I think it would have been it would have kind of defeated the purpose to you know see guts you know uh, state of mind. And I I think next episode might actually open with that with you know guts perspective where he's like walking towards her and he's lost in thoughts. The first fifteen pages are going to be his thoughts as he walks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool with me. Like <laughs> yeah. Actually, actually, why not? Totally. The last few pages of this are her remembering those times. I mean, having a mirror effect with Guts remembering times with her and what to what to expect. He sees her over the hill and then she starts screaming and then, you know, shit gets real. That's totally effective. You you see his heart sinking and then yeah. the, the big you know question would be what would his reaction be? And uh, of course, that's what we all want to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to call it for the next episode. I want... Uh, 
Danon to pop up after, you know, Casca has her scream and says, oh, wait, Guts, I forgot to put on your outfit. She puts him in like a pedal tuxedo. Oh, yeah. I was like, now you guys match. It's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he's got to have uh, pants that, you know, he can be ripped out. You know, he's just, you know, fl- floor petal pants. He's like, well, let's get this on. Well, they're going to be assless chaps, you know, so it's- <laughs> Yeah. And and the you know there's a group of uh, elves that are playing Barry White music on mushrooms you know like oh let's go I think it's then got to be I think it's too late Dan and I think you blew it yeah the moment's over yeah. the moment's over every time I look at I don't know every time but right now I'm looking at the two page spread of Griffith and I'm just thinking like Kentucky Fried Chicken I'm just really hungry I'm just- <laughs> <laughs> Take a bite out of that arm. Right. That ex- extra crispy skin. It's amazing how different that is stylistically from just about everything else in the episode. You can kind of see it going to that place on you know the two-page spread before, but it's like this sort of hyper-detailed, realistic horror comic. We've never gotten this kind of look before. This particular you know, character. Yeah, it's in this like scenario. this horror it's comic yeah. shot with like uh, you know like out of an anatomy book, <laughs> you know, realism. And, uh, or, yeah, so it's just, it's really jarring and shocking with the rest of it. And very, very effective, too. When you see this, it's just like, ugh. Yeah. Takes you out of the moment. I wonder why she screamed. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? What's that uh, bubble at the last, you know, on the last page? <laughs> Is it a sound effect? What's going on? So, um, yeah, you know, I think, you know, uh, to to go back to this, because to me that's the biggest, you know, uh, unknown of the, of the episode, it's, uh, it's an interesting choice to to have, you know, started with that. And obviously, there's, I mean, it's already foreshadowed when you, you see her talking about what she remembers and it's uh, going to the tower and stuff. And um, I think it serves uh, several purposes. And the first one would be, if you don't have this shot, uh, we would be even more in the dark about... You know, she screams right after she sees Guts and he's reminded of the eclipse and it's like, what's going on? Is it Guts himself? Yeah, you, could, uh, does he... you could cut out so, those two pages and it still works, the episode, but very differently, like you said. Yeah, yeah. The implication for the reader would be very, very different. And um, so, yeah. And, and of course, I like that. I mean, this is a good reminder of the fact she was like, she was not well at all when they went to see Griffiths. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. all of them, even even Guts and Judo were like really shocked, especially when they saw his face. And uh, she didn't see his face, but she she was uh, pretty uh, pretty traumatized when she saw uh, the state of his body. So, you know, I, it makes sense for me uh, that this would be the first, you know, thing to emerge. And, um, and yeah, obviously the big question, like we said earlier, would be what, what's what's to follow? You know, I'm, I'm very curious to know the rest. Just before that, like to, to kind of build on to what you just said about, you know, why this particular one, like, you know, we knew from volume nine, the state of Casca right before that assault on them by Silat and the the mercenaries, you know, from Judo's own observations that Casca was kind of at her wits end, having led the Falcons for a full year. Like yeah. she was just running ragged and she was, all of them were placing all their hope in Griffith, knowing they were going to rescue him. And they finally get there and that's his state. It's like, it makes complete sense that that's the most demoralizing thing, particularly yeah, for the, her, you know? The, yeah. It's a breaking point pretty much, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, you'd think if it wasn't for Guts and their newfound love story, uh, she like, you know, I don't know, she might have gone off the deep end on that one. Well, you know, I, I should have, we should have reread the episode, but I mean, isn't like, she's pretty much freaking out. And does he comfort her in that moment? Does he put his, I think at some point he puts his hand on her shoulder and makes her feel better. Yeah. But. Yeah. He, he does. Yeah. You know, while they're, you know, while, uh, him and Judo are looking at the face. So she wants to come. He has a, don't come. 
So she's uh, she's pretty startled. And mm-hmm. then while they're fussing over him, uh, she's freaking out in a corner. Like you see this panel of her sweating, like she's yeah. sweating a lot. And she's got, I mean, sh- she's really panicking or something like that. She's having like a kind of panic attack. And yeah, then later on, Guts uh, puts his hand off her, on her shoulder. And after that, you know, like the action, um, because um, the torturer uh, locks the door. So as the action starts again. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty big uh, moment. Sorry, yeah, and I'd, I had interjected right as you asked the key question. is like, where do we go from here? I have that in my notes, and I don't have anything written for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because, I mean, you know, Casca's return was already, like, a huge unknown. I, I mean, you know, I, I guess we're known for, you know, uh, being mostly right about what happens in the story. And I want to say it's it's kind of been easy because we know they were going to a farm and, you know, it's not hard to deduce that Casca was going to be cured and that, you know, her and Gus are going to get back together eventually. And it's the same way you could say, oh, I think at the end, Gus will kill Griffiths. I mean, wow, <laughs> wow, <laughs> really a medium. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, but, but the thing is, yeah, what happens, like, what happens now is like, Mira could you know, it could go so many different ways. I mean, Guts could re- remind Casca, like, you know, persistently of her, the bad stuff so she could have trouble with him. Yeah. Or she could just, you know, remembering everything, she could just be just like, okay, Guts, I, I still, like, you're still very dear to me, but right now I'm, I'm just, I'm not in a state where I'm, I'm going to, you know, smooch you and we can, you know, ma- make out and stuff like that. <laughs> she, she might need some time just because, you know, like it's a lot to take in, you know. It's so he's like, gonna be like a guy uh, and be like, so like ten minutes. Uh, uh. Yeah, shit. <laughs> yeah. be like, all right, well, uh, <clears throat> sure, sure, take your time you need. Up, you, you know, fully so, not too long. I guess that so, is why, like, I don't, I don't want to call it frustration because it's certainly not, but it, it is something. You know, we have Casca talking, and yet, in terms of our perception of where we go in the immediate future, it's still kind of back at square one where we expected to be somewhat. Where she still needs to grapple with what happened and process that, and, and her and gut still need to come to terms with what has happened and, and, and still where do we go from here is, is the same question we had two episodes ago than we well basically yeah. is this you know, a was this an acute thing where you know he was the missing piece and now she remembers everything and they're gonna you know go forward from here or is it like yeah he's he's gonna bug her every time you know she sees him like as was saying there's the, you know, and every uh, possibility in between on that spectrum yeah, you know, I think, um, you know, I, I trust that Mira will um, be efficient with it, by which I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be, oh, I don't want I don't want to see Guts, you know, and, and it takes like 10 volumes before <laughs> she can stand well, face him. It's funny because too we've... How, uh, how impatient I, I realize that I am after 22 years. It's like, you know, she's already talking. She's fine in this episode. She remembers almost everything. They go to reunite at the end. And, you know, she she screams because she remembers all this horrible stuff that happened. And all I can think of is, oh, this better not delay anything. I'm so impatient. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the first episode. <laughs> your reaction in the thread was really funny to me. Like, I'm not sorry, I'm sorry to, like, laugh at your, like, your... No, no. I was super bummed. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was funny because, like, we've waited 20 years and, like, this is a dramatic moment. It's like, yeah. I mean, I didn't expect it to be a seamless thing, but I totally get how you could be a little frustrated. Yeah. About the big moment sort of being delayed. It, well, no, it's not even just the, the frustration and all that. It, you know, it's not even that it's going to be delayed. It's more like that it's going to be, you know, that she's, you know, screaming at the end and that, you know, ah. she's unhappy and that obviously Guts is going to be unhappy. So it's just like, oh, geez. 
This did, you, this you know, didn't end well already. <laughs> your reaction felt uh, perhaps the most genuine out of all of us because you were like, oh, come on, this is bullshit. I'm your How can you do this to me? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I, what, what I, you know, I actually took a heart from, you know, just seeing her talk and, you know, like that shot of her blushing when she remembers God. I mean, it's so great and stuff, but I can yeah. totally see where you're coming from, which is like, I just want, you know, part of me just wants them to run up to each other and just, you know, start kissing and just start fucking on the grass right there, you know? <laughs> he kind of ran that out there, like, oh, it's all going to be perfect. And then he just yanked it away yeah. at the last second, like, yeah. oh, no, just kidding. It's going to be what bad. What did you say, Griff? I, I thought you said something funny. It was like, this you is the most fucked. <laughs> yeah, this is the most <laughs> fucked up thing Mira's ever drawn. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny too, because like that was your reaction, and my reaction was literally killer ending. Because <laughs> yeah, honestly, I know what I want to happen, but I don't. I don't think that it's what we need to happen. I suppose. Are you afraid to say it out loud? Because it. <laughs> well, no. I mean, I, obviously, I want Casca to get up and be brush off her head. Oh, wait, sorry. I, never mind. Here, <laughs> let me give you a big kiss. God, Scott, I missed you. Thanks for all that stuff you did. Oh. That's what I want, but I know that. It'll in the end be a lot more satisfying. <laughs> it's probably going to be a actually, little more complicated, but she's just going to point at him and go, "You're a mad dog," <laughs> and run away. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! I'm, I'm anticipating it, it to be a lot more difficult, and you know, Farnese is going to need to you know step in and do what she said that she'd do, and you know, help Casca sort of heal and good point. face her own darkness and become you know her bff and stuff so yeah i'm looking yeah, forward I mean, well, to that my but... other big fear and the one that as you know so, you know enjoyed probably properly was that this was sort of a okay here's a morsel for you guys here's you know actually it's like a feast you know of all this wonderful casca stuff and that because we're gonna we need to go away from there now for a little bit <laughs> so I'm... yeah but you know you know i think I, I don't think it's going to be too long before we get some more satisfying stuff. I mean, I think, uh, well, I totally agree with John uh, on Farnese and stuff needing to help Casca cope, maybe. I, I think uh, I think she and Gus will also deal with their own trouble, like mutually, the two of them. And I think, I don't know, I, like I said, I don't see it taking 10 volumes before they can be like, you know like they were before. I, I think that they're going to have to w walk through some stuff, uh, probably with regards to their son. Uh, I mean, yeah. definitely even. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be like Kramer versus Kramer or something. You know? <laughs> wow, what a reference. Well, I'm, I'm excited even for just the, to see the surface emotions. Like obviously she's screaming and then whatever comes after that. I'm totally game for, you know, 10 volumes of, you know, casket and guts working out the relationship. I think another part of this is just my, my excitement level and anticipation level in general is kind of at a high right now where no matter how it ended, I want to see the next episode right now. I've, I've grown to be very yeah. patient <clears throat> with, you know, our, the next episode to come. Oh, is it next month? Is it six months from now? I'll be ready. <laughs> you know, in either case, and this one is just like, yeah. damn it. I, I want the next part. <laughs> That's true, but I guess, you know, I've been, that's me every episode, so I guess, you know, <laughs> after a while, the feeling has dulled, but yeah, it's true, I mean, who wouldn't, What's what fan wouldn't want to pirates? see the, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I was, 
I like the pirates, but you know what? Yeah, what fan would I want to know uh, what, what's going on here? I mean, it's it's it, it right. is like you said, it's like the ultimate cliffhanger, and you're like, oh come on, just give it to me, give it to me. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's the thing. I don't want it to sound like I'm like, you know, oh, I don't want to see this if it's going to be negative. It's like, no, I just want to see it all now. I want, I want it. <laughs> yeah, got it. Give it to me. I can take it. You raised the question earlier about like what's this, how will this play out in terms of their relationship moving forward? Like, is he going to be constantly the reminder that every time she sees him, the dark memories come up? Like, I, I think you know, having guts being used as the trigger to unlock these dark things, like that could just be all his role is in this. You know, that this like finite moment here, yeah. he's the link, and that's it. Yeah, it's just a bad moment, right? I, I agree. It makes sense. You know, it's uh, it reminds me of um, the fact the final memory uh, was symbolized by her, uh, their son. You know, the, the demon child. It it makes for a cool imagery. And here, you know, she's walking towards him, and with each step, she remembers more and more. And when she sees him, like this dark, you know, silhouette, you know, against this uh, idyllic, you know, background. You know, yeah, she remembers the eclipse because she was there. You know, I mean, as she was raped, she was looking at him. So, and and everything maybe was bottled up together, and that brought it all back. So, yeah, I think you know it makes sense in the moment, and it's a lot more powerful than say just her sitting on the grass and being like, "Hmm, yeah, it's coming back." Oh shit, you know. So, but yeah, it doesn't mean it's gonna be now. Every time she sees God's face, she thinks of, uh, of Griffith's ragged body because that would be kind of a mood killer, you know. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna see him and he'll turn his face and you'll just see him coming out of the armor and then it's a falcon head you know <laughs> oh god <laughs> i think it's gonna be sort of a middle way here i mean i think this is a moment she's having these memories and if anything there's just gonna be some she's she's gonna love guts but have some hurt feelings about you know him leaving and but also understand that yeah he was hurt too and mutilated and you know, I think I think actually his body, when she actually sees what's happened to him, is going to be kind of interesting. I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, she's going to see like you know, his hair is white. He's missing his arm. He's he's actually more tired now than he's ever been, and less sort of you know, he's usually full of vitality. And I mean, the 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 story with him recently has been that he's been getting kind of drained by the armor. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see that with fresh eyes. I I totally agree, and actually expecting to see like super detailed shot of uh, his body and uh, we see all the damage is taken you know I'm thinking back to you know there was that shot uh, when they're on the ship where he looks at his hands and you see that his nails are cracked mm-hmm. you know and I'm thinking when she looks at him uh, from close up she says of course the arm is missing the eye and that also uh, uh, it takes us back to when he tried to grab her on the ship with you know the yeah. arm like he always did and it's his metal arm and I think we, we, we're kind of going to get a you know uh say a scene where he says like that this is all guts has lost you know like obviously as a black swordsman it works because he's badass and stuff but she's gonna see all the little scars on his body you know all the fact he looks so tired he, he looks like he's you know 30 years older than he actually is you know so i i, I think um yeah that, that might be a cool thing and it will also work as part of her, the stuff she has to deal with, you know, that this is not the guts she remembers from back in the Golden Age arc. Well, I also think that it'll also be interesting because, I mean, we've they've discussed before in their old Hawks days, or Falcons days, forgive me, was, uh, 
you know, just like sort of shedding blood for each other and, you know, getting scars for each other. And I mean, he's obviously got a lot, you know, from protecting her. So I don't, I don't think that'll be, I certainly, if nothing else, I think she will, uh, she will recognize that. Yeah, of course. But there's this one time I, you beat my breast. <laughs> but, uh, let it, but let it yeah. go, man. I hope Guts isn't this defensive about it or he's in trouble. He's, <laughs> a, he's a, hey, I'm, I'm really yeah, sorry uh, about that time. It's like, just shut up. <laughs> like, like I said, like I, like I said before, I actually wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I don't know who he's going to go. I wouldn't be surprised if he was like feeling more guilty that she herself cared about it. You know, I mean, I, I think it might be. He like doesn't know how to act around her. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I, that's, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. I think he might be insecure, you know, especially since uh, she was so like she really disliked him, you know, yeah. as Elaine. So I, I think it would make sense for him to be insecure. I, I really expect him. To, <laughs> this isn't gonna help. Like, yeah, I'm expecting a lot of blubbering guts tears. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I want to see him cry, you know, oh. for sure. I want to see a oh, tear. We're roll. gonna get to see him like ugly cry. It's gonna be great. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I missed you so much. <laughs> and then the skull knight is there. You know, he's on top of one of the branches. He's looking down and shaking his head. <laughs> you know, he's like just you know grabbing a berry, you know, eating berry like popcorn. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. Like, oh yeah, this is a good stuff. Oh, um, Griff, you were talking earlier about the scars, and that's something that I've been thinking about a lot, actually, in the context of Casca coming back. You know. Guts has all these scars, and of course, there's the giant scar across his chest. And oh, yeah. I could see Casca. And his back. There's and two his scars. Back, the two scars. And I could see her zeroing in on that. Even if she doesn't remember or know where it comes from, she'd be like, you know, you've fought so much for me over the years and stuff I didn't even know about. Yeah. And so, so uh, yeah, another thing I wanted to say is that, you know, back in the Falcon's day, you know, Casca, one of the things she really resented Gus for is that she didn't care enough about his comrades, or he didn't seem to. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest changes here, which I think will uh, be interesting, is that now he he has really, you know, changed, and he really cares a lot about his companions. And of course, like, uh, part of what uh, initiated that change is that he cares so much for Casca herself. And I think, like, that change, the fact he's very different from how he was in that regard and closer to how she always has been. Uh, I think it will be very interesting to, to see. Like, you know, you know, she, she, we could see her re- reflect on the fact he has really evolved and become a better man. So, you know, as part of the new group uh, dynamics, I think that would be very interesting to see. Well, yeah, I think you, yeah, you raise a good point. Is I mean, at least I think I've been still sort of thinking of them in a vacuum. And particularly Casca, you know, as if she's still like, you know, of limited comprehension or something or, you know, it's just him, her and Guts and everyone else is separate is that, yeah, he does have this, this group that he is, uh, you know, that's become this strong. It has this strong foundation that they all sort of exist in. And so it'll be interesting to see how they rally around her and if necessary, rally around him and their relationship to sort of, you know, vouch for, you know, the whole thing that, you know. That, you know, something for her to join and something, you know, that'll be uh, protective and, you know, good for the, the group. You know, they've already got like a community and obviously they want her to be a part of it. So it's it's more than just like, oh, is, you know, she's going to be freaked out by guts and have bad memories. And it's like, I mean, they're all she's not going to revert and not be able to talk and they'll be able to talk things out. <laughs> One thing I just realized, Griff, as you were as you were talking about the, the group dynamic is. You know, there's no one really 
it's really disciplined in the current group. You know, like Serpico cooks, but he's kind of a lazy guy, right? <laughs> and and Guts just kind of just wants to get the job done. Guts is the leader that Damn. doesn't want to lead. Yeah. And Shuriken, Shuriken tries, tries to be a hubful, but Gus doesn't care. <laughs> More specifically, Isidro, she can't rein in Isidro. But Casca's someone that can call a Sidger out in his bullshit and his antics, like, and he's gonna be like, "Oh, holy shit, we got like a like a mom in the group now." <laughs> you, you know, the, the, the I think the biggest change will be with Guts because you know usually it goes, he's like, "Sure, case, you know, Guts will say, oh, I'm not the leader.'" You know, he's like, uh, on the ship, he was like, oh, Roderick, you're the, the captain, you know, you're the boss. And with Shuriki, he was like, oh, you're the one who, you know, you're the one who decides. But then he does whatever he f- the fuck he wants anyway. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's always like, yeah, sure, you're the boss. And then she's like, oh, I think we should do it. And he's like, Rah! light me on fire, So bitch. he keeps installing an authority that he can rebel against, <laughs> basically. Like, yeah. oh, no, yeah, you're in charge. <laughs> And, and I think, you know, Casca, because she's like an actual military commander and from what, you know, it's never been super directly addressed, but, you know, even, even during the eclipse, you know, there's that one shot of Guts who he sees Casca yeah, organizing her men. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I, I, you know, he says, I didn't realize how good of a commander she was. Mm-hmm. And I think. Yeah, I think that will shine through here. And obviously, at some point where Gus will be like, oh, no, I'm, I'm just going to go rush in and kill the guys. And she'll be like, oh, no, you're not going to do that, actually. Mm-hmm. You're going to do what I say. <laughs> and, you know, maybe he's like, you know, the armor is starting to rise. And I can't fight the urge. And she's just slapping in the face and say, all right, shut the fuck up. <laughs> We're going to do what I say. He's like, okay, okay ma'am. Yes, yes, dear. And you up- want some more? Of- <laughs> Among her new decrees, I just hope one of them is like, it's time for you to take off the fucking helmet, old man. Like, no <laughs> one's buying it. Take off the goddamn oh, yeah. helmet as on. As in. Yeah. <laughs> I've been watching this shit unfold for years. Take the goddamn helmet off. This is ridiculous. <laughs> it would be funny, though. It was funny what you said about Isidro just having someone to sort of, you know, get him in line. It would be funny if, yeah, mm-hmm. she basically just becomes like... And actually, you know, he already, you know, we've seen the similarities sort of in their uh, fighting style. Just very superficial. Like, oh, they roll... <laughs> you know, so they must have the same style. But oh, like, yeah. just basically, <laughs> yeah. someone to be like, you got to pull your weight around here, and you know, fucking clean up after yourself. <laughs> you know, stuff like that, because he doesn't really have that. Was that actually a good point? Is that Isidro's always wanted to like uh, to learn from Guts how to be a good swordsman? But I would actually like it if Gaska was more helpful to to him. You know, yeah, she she'd like, be oh, a, actually, that's... a better teacher for him. From yeah, a girl. <laughs> well, yeah, but the thing is, remember, he's a big fan of uh, the, you know, uh, Red Captain of the Band of the Falcon. Yeah. So when he's like, oh, you're actually the famous female commander of the Band <laughs> of the Falcon? <laughs> you know, who maybe he'll actually be a total fanboy. Pulls out all his, all his trading cards. Well, yes. then when yeah. she, you know, beats, you know, him and Serpico at once, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That would be... She'd be like, uh, she's just flipping over them. And she's like, oh, you need a... A magic uh, cape to do these moves? Well, <laughs> check that out. <laughs> oh, man, you're getting me all excited. Yeah. See, that's, that's, the, that's the kind of stuff we want to see happen, not not working through problems. We've already been dealing with yeah. the problems for 20 years. Fuck this emotional <laughs> shit. We just want the cool stuff, you know, the, the cool fights. And then, you know, as uh, they fuck up a bunch of monsters, you know, they just make out, you know. Uh, and Casca, she just grabs his ass and is like... Come here. Oh, yeah. I got what if they? What if like a, a shitload of apostles landed on 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 Skellig, and then you know they didn't really have time to deal with this shit, and they're like, oh fuck, we gotta 
all right, come on, Guts, let's go. And they got, like, straight into battle right away. That would be awesome. Work out their problems by killing things. They're arguing about, like, you fucking abandoned me! She's, like, killing things. And Guts is like, I didn't mean to. I was really upset. I'm very sorry about that. I'm trying to think of examples of that from movies. I hate that when it's like they're... It's like, you know what? I think the epitome of that that I saw recently was those Pirate of the Caribbean movies. They're, like, having these giant sword fights. While they're also discussing their personal things and like, I love you, you know, mm-hmm. and all that. And it's just like, oh, this God, is the, the worst. worst. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> Those movies are the worst. What are you even doing to watching those things? <laughs> they're on TV, so what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> I must watch uh, the latest one in the plane. And then I watched uh, The Doctor War instead. And it was bad. Boy, <laughs> the best way to watch movies. I watched uh, Need for Speed with no sound. It was pretty good. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Michael Keaton. One thing we touched upon in the thread, I wanted to see what you guys thought here was, I think Griffith, you raised the point about um, how Kraska might have reacted to the memory of Griffith on the Hill of Swords. I don't think uh, this can be addressed uh, without addressing her son and his fate. You know, I think this will be tied to that. Uh, obviously, a, a funny thing to see, but that I don't think we'll actually see is Gus saying, oh yeah, why did you rush to Griffith, you know, on that, at that time? Because... What the hell? He actually never got, he never got any explanation for it. I mean, for, to the reader, it's clear she sees, she doesn't see Griffiths, she sees her son, and mm-hmm. that's the thing. Yeah. But Gus doesn't know that, so you know, and she it's, might not even know scene. that really. I mean, yeah. it was something that she sensed, or you know, she sensed as Elaine, but yeah. that maybe you know, it, it's not, it might not be something she actively remembers. Where it's like, oh, yeah, that was exactly. my son. I so, was looking at. Like she might not know herself why she was, you know, doing that. Exactly, and that's the thing is that, you know, she, she like obviously one of the biggest thing in her future character arc is gonna be her son and knowing what's happened to him, and uh, you know, like that's that's a lot of stuff. I mean, it's a, it's a huge thing to to deal with, and uh, and yeah, I think that scene. And, um, and, you know, other scenes, like, for example, when, uh, you know, Femto was uh, incarnated, obviously, you also saw her, she was calling to Griffiths at the time. So, um, yeah, I don't know, I think these things uh, will need to be addressed, and it will be as part of that whole package. Uh, well, worth, son, uh, but worth noting is that the last memory bubble we see before, you know, she's walking towards guts finally with no more uh, interruptions is uh, yep. is her is the moonlight child i shouldn't call it her son right away you know? yeah yeah we know what's going on there <laughs> I, I mean i mean obviously there's a lot and, and the, the big uh, question is uh will the the boy appear uh in a thumb you know which would be funny because on on many levels they could actually because, use it like, right now <laughs> if you if you could come use some of his you know super well, powers of intervention, you know, I mean, usually when the parents uh, are you know having sexy time, you know they don't want the kid around. So maybe that would actually be funny, you know, when they're finally like, all right, you know, let's uh, let's oh, do no, it. Oh no, we and better not. Like, it's a full moon. <laughs> yeah, and then the kid is like, you know, sitting on a branch watching them, and they're like, oh god, oh, boy. all right. Well, it's not. So, um, Get lost, fucker. Yeah, it's just like he's just like in the movies where you know the kids will bang on the parents' door because they've had a, a nightmare and want to sleep in their bed. So, God <laughs> throws yeah. a rock at him and it goes through him. You know, just like you know he's a, like a spirit. It's like nope, didn't work. What would be interesting is uh, if if the boy actually shows up and um, like uh, Dadan and the gurus are like, oh, 
it's a bad guy. So <laughs> yeah, that we, would we, be. We talked about that last time about Ged like putting the kid in the dungeon. Well, you know what would be more funny is uh, Ged is like he throws I don't know some fireball, some shit, some some <laughs> lightning bolts, and the boy is like you know, <laughs> old man, your puny powers, and you're like ah, he zaps him back, and then he goes on to climb on top of Gus's back, and he's like daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a fucked up family. Oh, my God. <laughs> or what if the, you know, the idyllic looking, you know, boy with the long hair appears in Skellig, but now he's like this gangly 14-year-old boy. Oh, no. With pimples. <laughs> with all his junk hanging out. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, you know, and it's just like, fuck you, Dad, and you too, Mom. Where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> he's got issues. I'm in a relationship with Sonia now. Oh, oh God. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. Sony's like, I always wanted a piece of that. This is how it got. Oh. How I go. Mm. <laughs> Roundabout. Roundabout. Yeah, so that's some twisted shit. Well, hold on. <laughs> Back somewhere, some semblance of uh, <laughs> of discussion, of, uh, of realistic discussion. <laughs> Let's. Uh, I wanted to talk about Shirke for a second, actually, because uh, it was uh-huh. actually Mira's comment that made me think she's kind of been the heroine for like the last decade. Mm. So... Uh, true. It's, it's interesting, uh, you know, sort of, I feel like she could be affected, you know, more than anyone else with Casca coming back. And this is like strictly a sort of inside baseball kind of way where, you know, Casca is going to suck up a lot of oxygen and take up a lot of, you know, page space that uh, Shirke's kind of been occupying even more than, you know, you know, she's been sort of the secondary protagonist. For, for yeah, a while. That's, that's 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 true. I think all the other uh, group members, uh, Shuriki, but also Farnese and the other ones, uh, yeah, will we, uh, like necessarily have to take a back seat uh, with Casca's return. I think that's how it seems right now within the current structure of the story, because we've all been heading in this one direction of Casca. Right. But because they are here in Elfilm, like there's so many other ways the story could pan out. Like there's a direction, a clear direction for Shierke here. If she's surrounded by magic users, if she's never lived in a place with magic users, so there's a clear path that she could take in the immediate future. There's a clear path that Farnese could take uh, if she wants to explore what happens with Roderick and all that stuff, and if she wants to learn more about magic. Like there's there's avenues here. Where they could have sub stories for the group, yeah. I, if they want to go that it, way, I think it's gonna be like for Isidro, for example, where he's got some, um, you know, he will have some character arcs, you know. Mm-hmm. At some you know, sometimes he's got these little developments, like uh, what happened in the Solitary Island or what happened uh, in in uh, Ritanis. So I think yeah, periodically there will be some focus on each character, you know, having their thing. But yeah, I mean, in general, generally speaking, I think obviously. It's just a matter of space on the page, uh, that because uh, a new character is, you know, uh, going to take up uh, much more space, while the others will have to take up less. But you know, then again, we we, we did get a lot of things uh, for Shiruki and Farnese over the last, you know, ten years. So yeah. sure, uh, you know, I mean, why not? You know, why not get some new stuff? You know. <laughs> The other thing about the future is, I, I kind of just briefly touched on it, is that, you know, this is where all the threads of the story have been bundled for so many years. This has been in the direction. So, like, what's the action that will carry the story forward for the next, yeah. even even the next five episodes? I mean, obviously, they have the scenario with Guts and Casca, but Miura is not one to let that be the only driving thing, I don't think. I think there's something else might be bubbling. I don't know what the fuck it's going to be Skull at Knight all. Skull backstory. <laughs> Hell yes. It's been time. 
You know, I, I do agree. Uh, I mean, John uh, was talking about uh, Apostles Landing or whatever. And, uh, you know, why is it won't necessarily be that. But uh, I, I do think Muir, Muir likes to show some action, you know, like pretty regularly. Yeah. He, 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 so I, I think we're going to have a kind of a crisis. Uh, some things that will require, you know, fighting or dealing with immediately, which will be mixed in with the other stuff. Because I, I feel like that's a very um, typical Mura thing to do. So I, I do think that will have, there'll be a kind of, you know, action, uh, you know, fighting. As, needed, uh, a, there, as they feel the earthquake and they're like, what's that? Is it? Oh, that's the monster that lives on the island. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's... Uh, <laughs> You may have uh, known his little brother as a sea god. <laughs> He's an uh, ocean god. <laughs> He's twice bigger. So now, yeah, I, I think there might be some. Yeah, so I think there might be some stuff going on in that regard. Yeah, that wouldn't be crazy to me. I, and honestly, I don't. I think it would be a wasted opportunity if we cross the ocean for this magical place where the rules are different here because of all the magic in the place. Like, and then not do anything else with it. You know, that would be weird if they just came here to restore Casca and that's it. If we spent more time on the the solitary island than we did on Skellig Island, that would be funny. No, I mean, you know, they obviously, I think they're going to get some new equipment here because, like, obviously, it's, it's you know, like the, you know, ultimate, you know, magic place mm-hmm. with all the magic users. So Shiruke might need, you know, I mean, I mean, a lot of the characters will need to get, you know, uh, air quotes upgrades you know uh casca for example you know would have to get weapons from there also because she doesn't have any gear so i think there's a lot of stuff going on that way obviously there's backstories like the skull knight could come in they could have a little chat or even just the gurus or danan could uh, lay on some information i mean i think obviously they will need to learn something about uh griffiths and the god hand and uh, what's going on in falconia and that will be Part of the reasons they need to uh, go back, you know, to just leave the island and go back, they, they will have to be compelled in a way. So it might be their child. Uh, it might be because the fate of the world, you know, is in the balance. Uh, there's all these things together. Obviously, there's God's uh, desire for revenge, but that's taken more of a backseat. So, so yeah, it, I think it's going to be a combination of all these things, but there's necessarily going to be a crisis at some point. So I do think, like, I don't know. Within ten episodes, they'll have a reason, you know, something to to move on. Oh yeah, if if not sooner, I think even ten sounds sounds luxurious almost. Yeah, I'm just I'm not uh, being very uh, courageous with this uh, timetable. It's probably going to be uh, much less than that. I, I do hope it is Skull Knight though, because I can kind of see him like tapping his foot, looking at his wristwatch, and it's like a skeleton with his arms going all over <laughs> yeah. the place. Like, are you? Are we done here yet? Can we go back to Falconia? <laughs> okay, did you get, you got, you restored your wench. Very good. <laughs> I hope it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I think, I mean, he did, uh, he did get uh, beat up pretty badly by, by Femto, uh, not in the sense of physical combat, but, you know, he tried and he failed to prevent uh, Fantasia, which is like yeah. a big deal. He didn't even he didn't even just fail. He was actually played. Femto you know, dunked the ball on him pretty good. <laughs> so I th- I think you know th- there's uh, some debriefing uh, needed on that front. I fucked up, guts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, better yet. Oh, sorry, sorry, Dan, and I I really fucked up. <laughs> and I would like uh, for Dan and to be like, oh, you silly boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 
you know, and she's like, oh, you're a thousand years old? Well, I'm like a million years old. <laughs> so th- that would be funny. We're going to need to see Guts get another upgrade. So we, we're, we're, cause I'm still at a loss at how Guts is even going to lay a hand on Femco, Femto. Well, then again, we saw saw Rickert do that, so he has... <laughs> he's going to slap him to death. Metal hand slap. He's just going to keep slapping. Yeah, it's going to be death by a thousand slaps. <laughs> he's going to slap him but with the flat side of the dragon slayer. You yeah. know? He'll sweat him like a, you know, like a fly, like the... Yeah. Say, Zondark's, you know, uh, count face, you know, yeah. in volume, oh, God. volume two. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's too much of a action movie guts a moment for Rickert to tell him and be like, well, that's good, because I'll just slap him with this. <laughs> I don't personally expect Guts to get any stronger than he... I think he's already super ridiculously crazy strong for a human, but I know what you mean. I feel like it would come up because, you know, they try to, you know, talk him out of using the armor while he's there, mm-hmm. you know, basically, like, offer him an alternative or, you know, something else, and, I mean, I feel like there's going to be a reason either maybe he feels like he can't go on without it, or maybe it's already too late, you know, it's too attached to him at the moment. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious yeah, to could, see if yeah. it comes up. You know, I think, so when it comes to dealing with Femto, I think uh, it's very obviously that their son uh, will be the thing. Like, it's going to be, like, Gus will go on for that impossible fight and the fact uh, his son is part of, you know, Griffiths, uh, that that will, you know, that will be the, the key to victory. But yeah, I think... He's gonna keep using the armor, obviously, even though he he shouldn't, and that's gonna be uh, like a kind of emotional moment because you know, is is he gonna make it? Is he gonna survive? Uh, can, can he keep doing it? Is he gonna he's keep, hurting himself? You know, getting worse and worse. Is he gonna? You know, is all his hair gonna be white? You know, by the time they're going to fight Griffith yeah. and Shirky's basically so, begging him to you know to call it off. Yeah. So I, I think there might be some uh, tweaks that are being done to the armor, you know, like uh, kind of like for us talismans. Um, I, and, and so there might be some more stuff like that. Uh, there might be, he might get some explanation about the dragon slayers, you know, uh, how it can hurt, you know, people, something more than, than what Frog gave him. But yeah, I think mostly he's going to stay the same as he is now. But the others might get something, especially Casca, obviously. So, well, yeah. I think the key is, I think he... Because it's like it's I know what I know what you're saying where like, you know, how can he fight Femto basically even in this form? And I mean, I guess just because he doesn't care about pain, you know, he'd be able to theoretically get close enough to him to at least, you know, try and take his swings. I don't know if he could touch him, but. Yeah, the thing is, even if he got like, I don't know, even if he got a bigger armor, I, I I think part of the. Part of the confrontation between Femto and the Skull Knight, what it shows is that, you know, it doesn't matter if you got the biggest, the magicest armor, you know, yeah. and the, you know, the fastest, you know, sword strikes and the magic sword and shit. It's, it's just not going to work, you know. I mean, at least it's not going to work um, if it's not meant to. So I, I, I think it's, you know, like God's victory over Griffiths is going to play on um, a more you know, dramatic and narrative thing where it's going to be the ultimate fight where he gets beat up, you know, where he's really crushed like a bug and he's still going to manage to strike, you know, as at what time? Yeah. Because, you know, his son will be holding back Griffith's 
hand and he's like he managed to get one good strike you know so i think it's gonna be it's more basically like gonna be the ending of rob roy where he's he's dead to rights and then just kills griffith at the last second but uh <laughs> but i mean no it's because it's, i think it is both i think it's like it's a display of you know he he is helplessly you know lesser than uh the power of a god hand and he's just on another level but yeah. there's also been emphasis on the fact that you know they're on the same plane they're in the same world sort of what gives griffith uh-huh. power in this world can also be his undoing so you know yeah that's it'll, true. it'll probably all come together uh you know in that fashion yeah. like you were saying I agree, and I think uh, Rickett's slap, in a way, yeah. it shows that people who were there, um, you know, in Griffith's past, who actually know him from when he was human, are not as, uh, you know, deluded and part of the little narrative where they can't even lay a finger on him. So I think it's a it's a way to show that even without the whole, uh, uh, I mean, the interstice kind of kind of deal, you know, the fact. You know, they know him from before and they know what he is and what he did. It gives them power over him, you know? Uh, so, yeah, there's also an aspect uh, that comes into play. And I'd like to see that, you know, and that's, uh, can be opposed to the fact, even if you, you like the biggest apostle and you got the biggest evil power or the biggest magic spells, it's not going to be a, a thing. Yeah. And, and obviously, to, to finish on that point, I think the fact, I mean, Gut's companions might also play a role. I mean, we, we might have Shuri cast, like, I don't know, the biggest, baddest spell, as that might, you know, uh, help Gut's, you know, deal yeah, with it. Yeah, at least be enough like to his, sort of occupy Griffith, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, to just, I don't know, slow him down or, you know, lower, uh, I don't know, his wrist and some kind of bullshit like that. But I think, I think it might be, like, see, she casted the, you know, the Four Kings uh, protection spell. Like, obviously, I don't think Femto will be like, uh, he can endure it. But, yeah. you know, maybe, just maybe, it, it's, it won't be like it would be, uh, you know, it would do something to him. I don't know. It gives him a, it gives I, him I him a migraine while he's fighting, you know, so he's, <laughs> he's like, all right. Yeah, like, I, I got this rash, this itch over my, my body. There's also the, you know, guts being in the presence of Femto will also be somewhat of a migraine because of the brand. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously, just, and uh, that's that's why I'm thinking like, what if he has the armor on, even though he's like gu- he's gushing blood into the armor, and then his blood is spraying out of the armor. <laughs> yeah, maybe the armor we just recycle the blood and put it back in. You know, yeah, so you know, some... it actually helps. <laughs> and I know we're obviously jumping ahead, kind of because we are at a big milestone here, and we're wondering what the next big milestones are going to be. And also, a question is how much of the series is left. So, like. It's fruitless, obviously, but the pace things have been moving. Like, I feel like if I got less than ten now, it'd be kind of shortchanging the rest of the story. Yeah, ten volumes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I it's agree. Be ten I... episodes, like as said. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, no, think about I... it. Like, probably another volume at the very least on Elf Film. Just subtract that math, and then probably two or three for whatever the quote-unquote final confrontation well, is. So that leaves you with like seven. I think the interesting thing is, I wonder if Mira himself is, you know planning these things because i mean i think you we can see the i mean we know he plans the story and he has you know his ideas and everything and he's thinking ahead but i don't think it was supposed to be like 22 years you know it's like things sure things just happened yeah. you know and things sprawled out and, I, you know things got extended so he could maybe have a 10 volume plan that's going to actually take 20 volumes by the end of it you know yeah 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's I think he does plan, but it's very loose, you know. And so, yeah. and he kind of he kind of showed in uh, the letter. I mean, his re- reply to a letter from back in the day, you know, where he said uh, the series was like sixty to seventy percent done. And I feel like uh, you know it's just more another eighty like percent to go now. <laughs> yeah, just you know. So my take uh, has always been that. You know, Berserk would like take I don't know maybe fifty to sixty volumes, and I I, I still think that's uh, we're about on track on that. I think we've got. I mean, I I would be I wouldn't be satisfied if we didn't get fifteen to twenty volumes more. That that's where I I, I put on. And there's also a a practical consideration is that if we manage to get to a volume a year. Uh, I think it can be finished, you know, uh, in time. But obviously, <laughs> before if it takes, my death. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if it takes longer than that, I think Mira will be too old by then. So I would say, yeah, 15 to 20 volumes is something uh, that I would be satisfied with. And I think everything can be addressed in that well, time. Well, I also think... I'll just be satisfied with uh, three more volumes and 15 light novels. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck always, you. Always from that side Fuck you to death. <laughs> Fuck you, I hate you, gonna, John. We're I'm going to stab you. a fight, a physical fight over the podcast. It'd yeah, I'm going to just, you know... <laughs> He's within reach of my sword. Ow, my Thank you, Az. Foley work by Grail. <laughs> but, uh... Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Damn it. Oh, well. No, I you know what I was going to point gonna out? Say. Just the sort of... I mean, we can see kind of the focus in these episodes. We've been pointing it out. There hasn't been kind of that same sort of you know, flourishes in, you know, sidetracking of any kind, you know, it's been very focused, very on the moment, very, uh, you know, he's getting a lot done in every episode. So I wonder if that's, you know, yep. if, you know, it's just how he feels about this part and this material, or if, you know, we're seeing a sort of renewed focus, you know, with an end game in mind. Well, you know, I think um, depending on the moment, uh, sometimes Mira uh, will like stretch things out right. because he he wants to take time. Or he you're, wants to do you're some in the stuff middle some... of things and you kind of spread your your legs, you know. Yeah, and he'll just sometimes he's just you know gonna be very dense and to the point. So I think you know when you think back, for example, to volume uh, twenty four. Uh, 24, 25, 26, you know, so they had Flora's place, they get in the village to, you know, take care of the trolls, and then it's very, like, they go in the cave, they slam, they get back, there's Grand Belazard, you know, it's super, the Bezakamo is super condensed, like, so much stuff happens, it's like in just, you know, three volumes, you get so much things, and I think we're in uh, one of these moments where it's gonna be super dense, and there's stuff that's been laid out, um, in the previous, you know, uh, volumes that's gonna come into play now, you know, so it's part of, um, you know, Mira will often do that where he leaves these little things, little crumbs, and then they come into play later on. And I think, uh, we're in one of that part where a lot of stuff are going to come together and, uh, it will give an impulse that takes us to the end of the story, you know, as uh, of the final stretch, you know. Yeah, I'll just say what I said in 2001, which was that, you know, 10 years, that makes sense to me. <laughs> so now we're in <laughs> 2018. <laughs> well, I mean, the cover of volume 18, that's like the end of Berserk right there. I know, <laughs> it is. The end's right there. I guess that's it, guys. Well, you know, we didn't do a panel by panel. <laughs> we we haven't done those for like 10 episodes, okay. thank God. <laughs> 
Oh, I kind of liked them. You did not like them. No, as as does like them. Every <laughs> really? time you give like the overview, I'm always waiting for As to be like, "Oh, you forgot about this part." <laughs> you forgot this panel of puck. Where? <laughs> Very important. Well, I do like to point out the little details because I see. You know, I, I mean, my experience over the. Uh, let me let me count. What has it been? Six, 16, 17 years. I've been following the series. So I'm like a newbie compared to Walter. <laughs> um, so yeah, the seven, uh, over the 17 years I've been uh, following the series and, uh, the 16 I've been a member of, of Scanline.net. <clears throat> I've, uh, I've noticed that a lot of people miss details and they're like, you know, these guys will say, Oh, I've read the story 20 times and you point out a thing and they're like, Oh God, I never noticed it. So that's why I like to point out these little details because it feels like a lot of people don't actually catch them. So did you remember yeah, I mean, that it, five episodes, ten episodes ago, we were reminded that Guts is carrying a Behirat? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, I mean that kind of stuff. People are like, oh whoa, whoa, Guts I is carrying a Behirat. Where did he get he, it? He's gonna turn into an apostle. He's gonna sacrifice Casca right now. <laughs> You're like, guys, have you have you actually read volume fucking one? Like when he gets uh, the Behirat? I did see someone asking who that skeleton person was on the page before the last one of this episode oh, <laughs> oh god yeah wow wow yeah well i mean if you hadn't read volume 10 <laughs> in a <out>. while <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah i mean yeah if you i don't know if you haven't read this, the actual story <laughs> i mean that might be it yeah i su- i suppose one of the last things to say is that it it's it's unclear, but it does appear that the series is on a break from here on out. There was no date listed on the end of the episode. And uh, I went back and looked at the past six years worth of releases and the language that was used. And it does appear that more recently they have been giving dates for returns. And this is the first time in, I guess it's been four years now since uh, there's not been a date for a return, which is unfortunate, but that's where we are. What, what, you know, I mean, it's just a rant, but I really wish they were more consistent with these things. It's like, just, I don't know, just mm-hmm. just, just tell us, you know, like, write it down, write, write with her, you know. She could be screaming for months. <laughs> we'll just have no <laughs> idea. Oh, that's terrible. If anything, I, I do think, Mir- I do count on Miura to return to finish up this volume, which only needs two more episodes to finish up volume 40. So I do yeah. expect that to happen by the end of the year, but w- whether that'll be June, July, or November, December, I have no fucking idea. Yeah, the real question is whether the next volume is going to be released in September or March. Mm, yeah, I, I do expect, yeah, I do expect Volume 4 to come out this year, just because he's kept that pace the past three, it would make sense too. But beyond yeah. that, I have, I have no idea. Um, so that is what it is, and we'll be back. I don't know, in a few months, I guess, uh, looming over uh, episode 100 of this podcast. And I do have something special planned for that that's going to take some planning and some time, but uh, we'll we'll get there, but something cool. I was actually asked recently uh, what we had planned for uh, episode 100. I have have had a plan in place for more than two years, literally, about what we would do for that one. Since since episode 40, you've had the plan for episode 100 (laughs) in place. (laughs) I think I have. it's been a long fucking time. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. And we'll be back in a little bit, a few months probably, uh, for the next episode of the Skullcast. See y'all. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. The Skullcast is a production of Skullnight.net, a Berserk fan community. 
If you like what you heard, please visit patreon.com sknet. Donations there do not go towards the podcast, but instead toward our resident translator, Puela, who ensures that our members have access to high-quality, text-based translations of Berserk. Puela has also been translating interviews with Berserk's creator, Kentaro Miura. Many of these interviews have never been translated into English, so it's very exciting to read those. That kind of work simply wouldn't have happened without support from our donors. If you'd like to chip in a buck or two, please know that it all helps. Once again, that's patreon.com sknet. If you have a question or want to comment on the podcast, visit our forum, skullnet.net slash forum. Near the top, you'll see a section devoted to the podcast. There's always an active thread in there, so go ahead, leave a post, and someone's sure to respond quickly. Thanks for listening.